0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of NBA Holes. I apologize for last week. Uh, Dave and I couldn't go. Life gets in the way sometimes, so we had to skip that, but we're back this week. Um, my name is Joe. My co-host, Dave Hendrick, how you doing, pal? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. All is well? Good, good. So we're going to start off, like we always do, with Twitter questions. And our first one is from Mr. Marco Lopez and... His Twitter question is basically, is Shaquille O'Neal overrated? Um, now, I will say he did say that he thought, because we talked on our last show about Kobe Bryant, he thought Kobe Bryant was overrated as well, which I think is disgraceful, and I will tell him that. Um, and he said he was a great player, but there's no way he's better than Magic or Bird, which is what you said I disagreed with. Um, his argument is arguments for Shaq as a great player is that he can't shoot or as that he's not a great player is he couldn't shoot too well, too reliant on his physicality. Did he adapt his game like others like Kiki Olajuwon in particular? Um, he brought up other centers like the greats, uh, Russell, uh, Moses, Wilt, Kareem. And he said Shaq was arguably a little predictable compared to a David Robinson, a Patrick Ewing. Now he does point out that he thinks Shaq is better than David Robinson at And Patrick Ewing, but to go back to his original question, Davis Shaquille O'Neal overrated? Um,
1: he he is he definitely is. Um, now he look don't get me wrong he's he's he was an incredible player. I would say he's probably the fifth or sixth greatest center in the history of the league. Um, you know, Kareem, Hakeem, Russell, Chamberlain. If Bill Walton hadn't got hurt, I think he would have been ahead of Shaq, but obviously he did. Um Shaq is probably fifth. Moses you could make an argument for. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, he's totally right in that he didn't adapt his game. He didn't have to sh- he didn't shoot very well, but the thing is he didn't have to. They adapted the rules to deal with him. He never actually had to adapt his game all that much. He was incredibly physical. He did rely on it. But then so did Will Chamberlain, you know? Yeah, um, he did. It's yeah. a bit different when you talk about Hakeem, who's 6'10", 6'11", and, you know, outweighed by a lot of centers by 20, 30, even 40 pounds in some cases. He had to adopt his game, but he was a power forward coming into the league, remember? That's he, right. He played next to Ralph Sampson. <laughs> um, the same with Kareem. I mean, I know Kareem was, was 7'1", but Kareem was very, very thin. Kareem's body type is more similar to, uh, say, a Kevin Garnett. Just a, b- a bigger yeah. version of Kevin Garnett. So Basically. Ha- yeah, so he had to adapt his game. It's all about making the most of the skill set that you have, and Sh- Shaq did that as
0: well as anyone. He did, and I, it, it, it's hard for me. I get what Marco's saying, and that he's overrated, and I, I sort of agree with the overrating. But it's hard to rate a guy when he has that many championships. Um, and it's not like he's a championship like a Robert Ori, like a, he got his championships that way, like hanging on people's, riding on people's coattails. Like he was big parts of his championship team. Oh, so yeah. it, it's really difficult for me personally to say he's overrated, underrated. I, I do, again, I, I understand what he's saying. He has valid points, the physicality. They had definitely, the league adapted to his game. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, he was physically dominant. Like, a lot of people remember Shaq as the Laker Shaq. Hmm. But if, if you watch Shaq in Orlando, oh, he you baby. yeah, that's, that's a different story. Remember, Shaquille O'Neal was not always in shape because he didn't have to be in tip top shape because, he had the feet of a ballet dancer, and he always yeah. had his feet. But when he was in Orlando, he would grab a rebound and go coast to coast with a basketball. Yeah, I don't know how you can overrate a guy like that. Like I understand Marcos Val, he's got valid points, but I I don't I just can't under I to me he can't do that.
1: You know You know what gets me, Joe? I mean, first of all, Orlando also the scene of Shaq's only ever made three point shot. That's correct, yes. Um, but what gets me is, you look at his, his num, look at his numbers as a rookie. 23.4 points per game. That's respectable for, for anybody. Oh, he yeah. obviously would go on to have multiple, I think nearly 10 seasons where he outscored that. Um, oh, yeah. but definitely. 3.5 blocks per game. Never got close to that again. 13.9 rebounds per game. Never got to that number again. This, his next highest rebounds was his second season in the league. Yeah. He could have, like, the other thing is, well, he never led the league in rebounds or blocks, which, for me, for a guy of his size, his strength, his athleticism, I think that's a little bit unacceptable. Now, I know he was asked to shoulder more of the offensive burden as his career went on, but... it was. I mean, <coughs> when he was playing with Kobe, I, I think there was definitely scope for him to... To focus more on his rebounding, his defense. Um But like, look, you know, if if you can, if you can, sh- you know, shoot a guy in the head from a hundred and fifty yards with a rifle, why would you bother walking up to him?
0: That's and, and that's, doing it with your hands. That's exactly right. You know, that's, not,
1: that, probably not the most PC of analogies, but. <laughs> but if, you're,
0: about, if you're great at something, why why do something else? Well, that that's exactly it. Like he he didn't have to. Like you don't change because like for no reason, you know. Like you just don't do that. And that was Shaq's game. I mean, like you're saying, like you brought up. It's an analogy you probably shouldn't use, but I mean, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. Somebody else might, but I could care less. But I mean, basically, yeah. Like that's your game. You were you were you were blessed with that body that agility hmm. yeah he didn't keep in shape all the time and uh, you know hey that's sure. that's him but the guy still won i i, I want to say it was what is it three three sure. three or four three four, straight and then he went and won one in miami three were the that, lakers and then one in miami and the Dwayne way won. so a yeah. guy who a guy who's won four nba championships and was a massive part of all four of them i'm yeah. sorry i can't call him overrated i understand what his points are and maybe he's he's. I don't think he's looking at of at it that way, but that's the way that I look at it. A yeah. guy who massive part, who was a a big all star, an all star, is a hall of famer, no question about it. Um, see, I would I would say a guy, and you'll never agree with me, but a guy like Bill Russell was overrated because he was more defensive, no game, no offensive game, really, and played on great teams when there really wasn't any way around. Like Shaq beat a lot of good teams, and. You know, Shaq and with him and Kobe, they were they were just dominant. And if they didn't fight, if they weren't petulant childs, they probably could have won more championships if they didn't break that Lakers of course, team up. They would have won six or seven. Yeah, they they easily would have because they were still, you know Shaq was still playing at a high level, and obviously Kobe was the peak of his powers there. So it, it, you know, it's just it is what it is. But um, so we'll move on to our next question, and this is we got two from Rick at Ricardino eighteen ninety two. I'll steal his first one. Um, what NBA coaches would you really like to see in college and vice versa? Ooh, um, question. well, the NBA, yeah, it's a really good question.
1: The NBA coaches I'd like to see in college, uh, Pop, Rick Carlisle, um, my man in Boston. Yeah, he was already there. He was fantastic. Yeah, he's also, we know he was great there. Yeah. I would love it, to be Duke's coach when Coach yeah, can retire. Abso- absolutely. And like, uh, there's a lot of people that suggest that that is what, what he, what the plan is. Whether, I would love whether Brad Stevens will take it or not, now is the question, but he'd probably be, um, if, if he's not, the guy I would go for and a guy I think would do really well in the pros is Mark Few, um, yeah. from Gonzaga. And I, I think he's an exceptional coach. Um, I think, I
0: think go ahead. I think Kevin Ollie would be really good in the NBA cuz he yeah. he knows the NBA. I think players I think a lot of people don't realize that you could be a great coach, but if you don't have players respect, you'll never ever make it. Yeah. Um I'd like to see and I don't like him as a coach cuz I hate Kentucky. I'd like to see John Calipari have a second chance yeah. at the NBA cuz he he was a pathetic Nets team and he was just horrendous, but that was a different time, a different game. I think his I think his Coaching right now is more suited to the NBA. For sure, uh, um, I think but, Jay Wright would be a really good NBA coach. Jay Wright's um, a great
1: coach, and he's another one that he's another one that Duke should maybe consider.
0: Oh, he would be my second choice. <coughs> yeah, and, and probably my first choice because I, 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 if Brad Stevens left Boston now, I think he would be an idiot. So I, I think Jay Wright would be my number one choice. Um, guy like Shaka Smart again, who could get through to NBA players, mm. in my opinion. Um, Maybe Bill Self, but I've never... He was on my list. Bill
1: Self and Tom Izzo. But I wonder if maybe their window for the NBA has passed them by. I I wonder the same thing. It's different for a guy like Cal, because he already has relationships outside of the guys he's coached. Like, he's very close friends with LeBron, very close with D-Wade. Whereas Self and Izzo, like, they're really only going to be in close with Kansas and Michigan State guys respectively um, one guy I think could do a good job is Sean Miller um, I, think yeah. he, I think he'd be interested in the NBA, I think his brother as well brother Archie yeah. sure. um, Greg Marshall at Wichita State is a guy who, who could very well do well in the NBA because he's a very very strong X's and O's coach He's also very good at empowering his players um, maybe, maybe like a Tony
0: Bennett from Virginia possibility oh, that's a good shot. because just because like you watch those teams and it, I, I mean I watch Virginia all the time because I'm a Duke fan they're both in the ACC conference he always has a great defensive team and they mm. lose in the tournament because they can't score enough yeah. but in the NBA a franchise would be really interested in somebody like him. Because of that, if you can set up a defense and you can get through to NBA players, you're ahead of the curve already. You learn everything after that. Because in any sports like like these, if you don't have these guys' respect, they'll never play for you. They don't don't care. Look look at Rick Pitino. Paid. Yeah. Rick Pitino was
1: one of the greatest college coaches of all time. No question. And he was appalling in the NBA. No question. Now, his son might be a different story. His son that seems to have a lot of the the, the coaching mind, but not mm-hmm. not the personality flaws. Um I mean the obvious one that we haven't mentioned, because it will never happen, is, is Coach K. No, no, not anymore. He had the chance. He, he's, he's Coach had, Laker. He's probably had fifty chances that we've never heard of. I'd say every yeah. franchise has probably
0: offered it to him at least at least once and most of them twice. Yes. Um, yeah. No question, I agree, uh, you know, and I, I just it didn't. I know we, I know for sure, and he even came out and said it that he had an opportunity to coach the Lakers, and he said no, I'm staying at Duke. Um, so I respect him for that. I, I, you know, I, I don't.
1: I like it, that, and like Roy Williams is the same. Roy Williams, I know, you know, you probably not a big fan
0: of the Tar Heels. But I, I hate him. I hate Roy Williams. I can't. Yeah, say you know,
1: that. I think I think he's. I I do actually think he's slightly overrated as a coach. But I do he's, too. He's still a great coach. He's just, I, don't, I wouldn't put him on the level of a, of a Coach K or even a Rick Bettino yeah. or, or a Bill Self or Tom Izzo. I think he's a level below those guys, but you can't argue with the success he's had. I think he'd do well in the NBA. I think he's got the right personality, but his window's closed as well. It, that's passed him by.
0: Oh, he's, no question. Yeah, he's you know, too old. Um, yeah, no question about that.
1: But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of, um, a lot of college coaches that I think could do very, very well, mm-hmm. uh, if given the opportunity in the NBA. But at the same time, I, I don't know, like, if it was me, I think I'd rather stay in college. I think I'd look at coach I K too. and think, like, if I could do what that guy has done, like, you're not just, like, Put it this way, other than Pop and, say, Phil Jackson in in Chicago, not in LA, but just in Chicago. Yeah. And that's really, they're the only coaches that, when you think of the franchise, they're the defining coach. I mean, Pat Riley is the defining person of the Heat, but he's not the defining coach. The defining coach is probably Spolstra. Spolstra. Yeah. But again, you could argue that it could be either, you know. So there's an argument there. The same with the Lakers: is it Riley? Is it Jackson? It could be someone else. There's arguments to be made there. Whereas if you look through college, the defining coach of of Duke is is not in question. The same with North Carolina: it's Dean Smith. Yeah. Um, oh Ka- God, yeah. Kansas have a couple of contenders. Bill Self has certainly put him in that, put himself in that. But you know, <clears throat> if you're the defining coach of an NBA team, it's just a legacy. People will talk about you, same like Red Arbach and, and things like that. Um yeah. but if you're the defining coach of a college, I mean they're building statues to you. Oh no
0: quite I mean they they named the court after him. Yeah, you know and when he, he h- retires they're gonna build a big ass statue of that man. No question. And remember he's I think he's thinking Coach K is seventy three now? Seventy four? Close yeah, he's up there. Um and he doesn't look at the man looks like he's in his fifties. Well remember, a lot of people don't realize he played for Bobby Knight at mm. Army. A lot of people don't know that. Like Bobby Knight was a a famous Indiana coach. Um most people who watch basketball are. Coach K anything. is Coach K is 70, 70. seventy. this year. Okay, yeah, I know he I knew he was up there. I actually met him one time. He um he's a hell it he was really nice to me and I'm a nobody, but he you know, he was incredibly nice and but yeah he he was coached by Bobby Knight at Army which is crazy so it just goes to show you how long he's been around so yeah. and um, I mean he's 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 won five NCAA championships only John Wooden has
1: won more yeah <coughs> John <laughs> they Wooden all time fuck but them the domination that they had the advantage they had over everybody else was the the you know, the, the college basketball wasn't as nearly as competitive then as it is now in the no. same way in the same way you you argue that The NBA wasn't as competitive when Russell was winning Mm -hmm. as it was when Jordan was winning. Like, Wooden is Bill Russell. Coach K is Jordan in, in that respect. I would say Coach K is the greatest college coach of all time. I think his record stands for itself. I think if he wanted to coach in the NBA at any point, I think, I think he would have been, uh, I think he would have been an incredible success. And, you know, if, if he'd gotten a franchise, maybe someone like the Mavericks or someone who'd give him the kind of carte blanche that pop has in San Antonio. Um, I think he would have just been spectacular.
0: Yeah, no, he definitely certainly, certainly could have been no, mm. no question about it. Um, and Rick's other question is where do you see, uh, Jaleel Okafor in a few years in terms of progression? He says surely at the very least, he guarantees buckets on a second, on a team's second unit. Mm. Um, I, I He plays on my team. We're talking to Okafor. He's a Philadelphia 76er at the moment. He really has no future here. It, it appears that way, anyway. Um I don't know. What, I mean, it's hard because the, the NBA... You and I have had this conversation about him before. What he does is good, but it's not good in the NBA right now. So it's really hard to see where he goes to. I mean, yeah. there's only a few teams that still play that way, and I don't know if they're going to keep like the Memphis Grizzlies play that way cuz what could he be a fit there possibly but he's going to have to he's expand have to, his yeah and i don't know he's ha- going to have to learn to play defense well that's and that's a huge thing it and you can get away with not playing defense if you do something special mm. he doesn't so i don't know i mean i don't think he's going to be out of the nba cuz big guys who who can score you can put them on the court for limited minutes but he'll never be a starter if he plays no defense and He's he's coming up on a contract. The Philadelphia, even if Joel Embiid breaks his legs or loses his knees or however you want to say it, they won't sign him. No, it's just not going to happen. He's not a fit for this league. He's you know he was out of shape. He appears to be in really good shape at the moment. But what does that show you about what the guys? And remember, this is a Duke guy. So I'm hating on a Duke guy. Mm. What does that show you about his character? That he just got in shape now that he needs a new contract. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Look, he could... If if you were one of the top teams in the NBA
1: and your, your budget for your second string was pretty tight, you could surround him with a bunch of 3 and D guys. And if, as long as he was willing to pass out of the post. If you could teach him to pass out of the post, you could probably get away with having him as your centre. The same way Charlotte did a few years ago when they surrounded Al Jefferson... With a bunch of three and D guys, um, mm-hmm. and they were able to make it work in in you know in spurts, five minutes here, seven minutes here. Um, if he's willing to accept that type of role, he can go on and have a very good career. He could be yeah. a, a contributing factor to potentially a championship team um, from the bench. I would love him in Minnesota as a backup to Towns, and, and run the second unit through
0: him if he's willing to pass from the post. If he's and you not. Could- yeah, you just and he would be fine in that role but mm. he just can't if he's never going to play defense, he just can't consistently do that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not going to it won't happen. For There's going to be teams he can't play him against. Like you can't no
1: yeah. no top team is going to give him a contract, a big contract and plug him in as a starter because against six or seven teams in the league, you just you're not going to be able to put him on the floor, you know. Imagine never. putting him on the floor against Golden State. Oh, and, it was just, and, and all of a sudden they, you know, KD and Steph pull him into a pick and roll, and he's just was, floundering. And you know, you get if you get guys who can attack the basket, he's just—he's not a rim protector. He's got you know decent weak side help, but at yep. the same time, it's when he wants to.
0: Yeah, he would just be toast all time. Mm. And that's 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 basically what would happen to him. He would be toasted left and right. Uh, so it, it's it's a good question, but it, it's really difficult to answer because. It's a it's a matter of fit and the way the NBA plays and you know there was many people including myself who when that draft came around I didn't want Okafor I actually wanted D'Angelo Russell
3: mm-hmm. but I
0: knew we weren't going to get him because we didn't get the number one pick and then after that it was like well Porzingis looks nice but you didn't nobody knew what he was going to be so in theory he would have been the pick but you know that's that's took uh the safe I, pick we that's took the pick. I'll hey, be
1: honest I got this completely wrong because back in it, prior to to that draft, I did uh Steve Gennaro's "The Doctor Is In" podcast, and obviously the Wolves had the number one pick, and I, I wanted Okafor over Towns um, purely because I looked at the offensive side and I thought, like offensively, he's a once every ten to fifteen years talent.
0: He really is. No, he he has that kind of ability. I mean, yeah, he does. But, he won a national championship as only of year. Of course,
1: due. that's it. But well, well, as you mentioned, it's. You've got to put question marks over his attitude. I tell you, whoever signs him needs to put into his contract a weight clause similar yeah. to what Boris Dio has and what a couple of other guys have. He has to show up in shape, and when he doesn't, he gets fined. And I don't mean fined ten thousand here, twenty thousand there. I'm talking a hundred thousand every time he shows up out of out of shape.
0: Overall. Yeah, like yeah, really, I really do. I mean, it's again, maybe he just needs to be out of Philadelphia. I mean. I understand why the Sixers drafted him. They didn't know, they'll never admit it, but they didn't know where Joel Embiid was going. So, yeah. draft another big man, and Sam Hinkie was all about value, so I understand why he did it, but it was the one terrible pick that he really had. Mm. Um, I think,
1: so, like you mentioned value, I think he thought worst case scenario, Embiid is done, never going to play, this yeah. guy will, will be our center moving forward. Best case, Embiid comes back, you know, as close to 100% as can be, and we have a really good trade asset here, um, unfortunately, neither has been the case so far. Um, yeah, they they kind of missed a chance
0: there, unfortunately. Yeah. They really did. But um, let's move on to our final Twitter question, and that is from Ali. And I always mess his at up, but I think it's Guillaino. Um, I know he's a fellow Philadelphia Eagles fan. He does live in Toronto, I believe, Mm. as well. And he asks, give me some of the underrated backcourts in the NBA. I thought this was really difficult, to be honest with you. It is. Um,
1: and there's a number of, there's a number of backcourts that are underrated. Um, I think Dame and CJ
0: McCollum is underrated. Massively, because, and I think, and I, and I, that's a great shout. And I think the only reason that is, is because they play in Portland. And yeah. nobody should about them unless you are on that coast. Exactly. And that's the way sports in America work, unfortunately. You, know, you also
1: have to look at the division they're in and some of the other backcourts that are in that division. Um, I think, um, I think Memphis always yeah, have big, an underrated backcourt. Washington. Washington. Washington, I, 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 when when Washington's backcourt are healthy, yeah, they're they're as good as anybody. Bradley I Beal just is John a sport, and John Wall is is incredible.
0: John Wall is really he is that's exactly right. He is incredible. Yeah. Um,
1: like I I think Mike Conley in Memphis might be the most underrated player in the league. Um, yeah, but he's but also on the flip side. He's probably the most overpaid player in the league. Um, yeah but he makes like you can put, you can plug anyone in next to him and he
0: he's good he works um i think toronto's is really good um and probably doesn't get the credit it deserves Agreed. because again they're in toronto and it's no knock on toronto it's just that you're in canada although you're seeing a lot of canadian talent nowadays but you know american american cities a lot of american cities just don't respect that and I happen to love their backcourt. One of their guys is from where I grew up, Philadelphia, right outside of mm. Philadelphia, Kyle Lowry, and DeMar DeRozan is a fantastic player. Yeah. Uh, he just is. He's a fantastic player. Uh, you know, it's, I, I mean, but I looked at a bunch of other backcourts and I'm like, well, can you really put like anybody who's a really good player or superstar? It's really hard to put in there. Like you could argue, like, does, does James Harden carry that backcourt? See,
1: I I like when when Harden played with Beverly. I loved yeah. that backcourt. I just loved yeah. the blend. I thought they were Me perfect too. together. I I, I I think they fucked up. If I'm honest, yeah,
0: I, I, I don't like that. You and I, yeah, we we talked about that. I don't like that trade whatsoever. No. Um, I don't like. I, I just don't see how you're going to ask Chris Paul. I I actually think Chris Paul is massively overrated. I always have. I'm not saying he's a great player. I just think he's overrated. But the problem with him is that how do they, how do they play together when their games are so similar and they need, they need the ball all the time? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't yeah. understand it, so.
1: I would say the most underrated backcourt, and one of the reasons it's underrated is because they, they don't always play together in the backcourt, because one of them sometimes plays the small forward. But I think Campbell Walker, Nick Batum in Charlotte,
3: yeah, when, yeah. When, when,
1: when Kid Gilcrest is fit, that's their, that's their one, two, three. And I, I love watching them play because when Kemba gets hot, he's, you know, he's a level below Steph, but he's only a level below. He's not many levels below as some would suggest. I love Nick Batum's game. Me too. Um, I just wish he was more consistent. And I love Michael Kil- Kil- uh, Michael Kid Gilchrist, because I think he's just a throwback player. Um, no offense,
0: cannot <laughs> shoot to save his life. That was his deal. And, because, and that's but, the thing. It's funny you say that because a lot of people said if he could shoot, in mm-hmm. a if superstar. He, but if he but could, he shoot, he'd be Kawhi Leonard. That's right. Because yeah, defensively,
1: yeah.
0: he is every bit
1: the defender Kawhi Leonard yeah. or Draymond Green or any of these guys are.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Now The thing is. is,
1: he just, he cannot shoot. Now, if you could get him, you know, maybe, maybe Steve Clifford figures it out this year if Kid Gilchrist stays fit and Nick Batum stays healthy. Um, if they can figure out, a, you know, a starting five, um, that's, you know, going to maximize the fact that, you know, Kid, Kid Gilchrist is this incredible defensive player and hide the fact that he's pretty much a negative defensively. Um, that could be good, like, but the problem is they brought in Dwight Howard, so you're already yeah. screwed in one fashion with him. So you're not, no really, question. You know he can't step out. You can't spread the floor with him. So with Kid Gilchrist, you can't spread the floor with him. So there's there's two or five guys who can't shoot. Basically, you know, so.
0: yeah, yeah, it makes it real difficult. And the only, the two other teams I thought it was the Phoenix Suns.
1: That's um, a backcourt that's going to be real fun as, as yeah. Devin Booker gets gets more. You know, develops more and a bit more confidence in his in his all round game, not just his shooting. Yeah. I love that mix with him and Bledsoe.
0: Yeah, and you got Bledsoe, and then you got uh, the rookie too, whose his name is escaping me right now. I apologize, Josh Jackson. Um, yes, thank you, Josh Jackson. And Miami Heat, I would maybe throw in there. Oh, I do. That's li- a good pick. Goran Dragic's game, I really like yeah, his game. Me too. Um, but other than that, like I and one I'll throw out there, and people think I'm crazy is Cleveland. Like I, when they had, well, one they had Kyrie. He's not there anymore. I just think Kyrie's such an underrated player. Um, and he just I'm I'm glad I, I I'm glad he's stepping out of LeBron's shadow. I'm not happy that it's in Boston, but I think people I'm, I think people are gonna really see how good of a player he really is. Here's here's one more. Um.
1: We, it, it really stepped up at the end of last season. And I think, I think if they both stay healthy and, and find form this year, it could be really good. Is for Orlando, uh, Alfred Payton and Evan Fournier.
0: Yeah, very um, good player.
1: I really like both of those guys. Um, and I think there's a good blend with them. Fournier's a great shooter. Payton's tough. He's quick. He sees the floor well. Um, and of course, any backcourt that includes Ricky Rubio is going to be both over, both underrated. And fantastic. So, you know, Utah, shout out.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, so we're done with qu- Twitter questions. Let's move on to our next topic, which is, I wanted to ask you, so we have a few topics, um, but I don't want to make this too long. These are probably going to be quick. Where do you think Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony end up?
1: I really don't know. It's, it's so interesting. The Dwayne Wade thing is just... Crazy, like, does anyone really know what the plan is? Um, I'd like to see Mello go to Portland if he, if they could find a way to get him there. Um, because I just think if you added him to Dame and CJ, they they'd just score at an insane rate. The problem is none of them play defense all that well. Um, no, but I mean, anywhere Mello goes, it's going to struggle defensively because Mello just doesn't do defense.
0: Nope, never does um, another overrated player for me. All time, yeah, but. absolutely.
1: Um, I I'm gonna say I think D Wade ends up in Cleveland. Okay. For, for a year and then goes forever. LeBron goes next year.
0: Yeah, I agree with that actually.
1: And uh, do you know the funny thing is we we talked about Chris Paul earlier on, and one thing that's kind of been overlooked in all of this whole Chris Paul you know opted in and got his trade is that it puts him in line to become a free agent. With Melo, with LeBron, and with d Wade, and then they can all just pick where they want to go together. Mm-hmm. Um. So if I'm if I'm Lonzo Ball, I might be looking forward to sitting on the bench next season. Um. Because those boys all might like might land up in in Laker Town. Um. I don't. I, I don't know where Mellow goes. I I genuinely don't. If.
0: It's hard to figure out, like where if does New he? New
1: York would take Lamarcus Aldridge.
0: Mello in
1: San Antonio would be interesting oh, to
0: me. See, I think that's an epic fail, and I think I don't know how that works. And I don't because know how
1: Pop Popovich... tells him what to do, but he doesn't Just listen to anybody. He... But you know who the last person he did listen to was Jim Beheim, a coach he respected. I don't think he's. I don't, think he's, but I don't think he's ever had a coach he's really respected in the NBA. No,
0: I, no, I and you're right about that. And I and think the that, only other coach that he ever listened to, hmm. Coach K. Well, that was Team USA, and yeah. that's that. that but that, that's the thing with Team USA. He knows his place. Like he knows, like okay, I'm not during that team. That's why everybody called. There's there's different mellows. You get the you get the Olympic mellow, the Knicks mellow, the hoodie mellow. That's why he has so many different personalities, because with that USA team, he knows that he's not better than some of those players. He's just not. But but look, any team he
1: goes to now, if he wants to contend, they're going to have better players than him. Yeah. You know, he's going to have to accept a role. No question. I just think the one guy who can really convince him to buy in and accept a role is probably Popovich, because He's done it with everybody else. He's done it with far better players than Mallow. He did it with well, David Robinson. He did it with Tim Duncan. He's done it with Kawhi.
0: But none of those guys have his attitude and Agreed. his la- and his laziness. He's a lazy ass player. But you're right in saying that if anybody but could do it, wasn't Boris
1: Pop- a lazy player? And didn't he have a career year under Pop? You know,
0: no, no. I think that's different though. I think they're they're vastly different players. Boris Diel is not necessarily lazy. He's just out of shape. Like he's he's kind of like a feast he's kind of lazy. He's kind of fat for a, um for an NBA player. But yeah, I just don't think that would ever happen. So it's hard to. I mean, I get what you're saying. It would be interesting. I don't know if he wherever, wherever ends... he goes, the rental
1: wherever he goes, the one year rental. He is he yeah. is out of out of town next year. He is going. I would say. Wherever LeBron is going, Mella will go. I think D Wade will go, and I think Chris Paul will go. And I think it will be awful. I think I don't think these guys have ever really played together. Other no. than obviously Olympics and pickup, but um I don't think I don't think it'll work in the NBA.
0: You better have one hell of a defensive centre
1: <laughs> to go with those four.
0: Um, but it does seem like they're just gonna probably try and ride LeBron's coattails. So we're in agreement on that. That just seems like I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's always wanted to play with him. Um, the Lakers thing makes total sense. The Bulls are just fools for giving him that contract and essentially being like, yeah, well, here's all your money now. We'll let you go because you know you're a nice guy and you're from Chicago. Like you just don't you don't do that. You don't. No. No. It was, it, I have never
1: understood why they did it. Made no um, sense. It, it made never sense no sense at all. No. So why spend and the money? Why, why do you bring in him and Rondo in the same year? Yeah, like, Rondo. They couldn't get two massive, worse fits together.
0: Massive idiot who plays no defense and could have been a great player, but just mm. again another one of those players who one he can't shoot for shit, and two he won't listen to anybody. No, nobody can coach him. No. Nobody. This is not,
1: not, not even not even Doc could get.
0: No, <coughs> get around couldn't him. get through. So. All right, next thing we're going to move on to is a little uncomfortable, but I did want your thoughts on the Civil War monuments in the South, and a lot of the NBA players have been outspoken about this. Um, For the people who don't know, Dave, explain to them, and then tell me how you feel about it.
1: So the issue at hand is that these Civil War monuments celebrate the life and times of racists and slave owners ...and murderers... ...and... ...and they're just... They're, ...they're appalling... ...they're absolutely appalling... ...and they should all be taken down... ...and not only that... ...they should all be destroyed... ...um... Yeah. ...I don't want to hear about... ...let's put them all in a confederate museum... ...that's a museum dedicated... ...to racism... ...to oppression... ...to slavery... ...to a time that... ...the war... yeah, ...humanity should be ashamed of... ...um you know uh, it's I very it's difficult remember. because you know there there the does need to be memorials to the civil war but it needs to be to you know the people that died in the civil war to the slaves from the civil war to you know you know the slaves who signed up to fight in the civil war to earn their own freedom you know those are <laughs> the, th- the real heroes that w- that should be celebrated not 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 these go no, guys like, definitely he, not generally. No. <laughs> like
0: definitely not generally. Lee. Generally Lee was a scumbag.
1: Yeah, and, and for and people
0: it, who a little just a little background because I don't know how many Americans actually listen to this a lot of people who don't and I'm not generalizing, but the American South does have a lot of racism. Um it's just the way it is because you know they ride the the Confederate, Confederate flag is still big there even though it's been outlawed by most states but appallingly not all. Um, and that's just the way it is. Uh, it should change. Will it change? I don't think so. Um, it's hard to say. You know, it's hard to say. Like they're the good old boys. You know, like mm. if you've never if you've never been to this area, if you've never been to that area, I should say, because I don't live in the south, obviously. Uh, then it's hard to explain. But I do think. Listen, if you're if these monuments, it's it's a goddamn statue. Does it make that much of a difference? Just get if it's if it's a, just get rid of it. You know, if it if if it offends people, then get rid of it. It's not worth all of the hassle that people are going through. I mean, what the country's going through now with the president that we have now, it just makes open racism even easier.
1: Yeah, especially
0: when he comes out and he speaks
1: in support of white supremacists. And and he bigs up Andrew Jackson like Andrew Jackson someone everybody should look up to. The man was a murderous, racist scumbag.
0: Again, um, yeah, that's – exactly. That's what – you know, it's the founding fathers of this country, but the people don't see the, the other side of it. It's because that's because you're not taught that in history yeah. class. You know, like, that's not what – Without meaning to degrade the
1: whole country. I mean, it's a country founded in stolen land where oh, no. the people yeah. of a different skin colour were murdered for land that is rightfully theirs yeah. and were then given small settlements and allowed to build casinos to make up for hundreds of years of tyranny and oppression. So racism is ingrained in the very fabric of what led to America becoming America. Um, sure yeah, But at the same time, it's a very progressive country now, in, in especially in the northern States, most northern states, not all northern states, not all still, them. yeah still some that are a little bit backward, and there are some southern states, like California's a southern state, and it's a very progressive place, and there's another you know a, a number of others that are very progressive um and you know even in some of the the more steadfast stronghold conservative states um you have places like Austin that are progressive and forward thinking and want to advance. Not only but, America, but civilization in yeah, yeah. general. Um, but that, so, most of Texas is not that way. Just so people no, know, exactly. Um, not not even way. slightly. No, but, no, no. But you know, like it's just they—they they are their monuments to an era that everybody, not just Americans, everybody should be ashamed of.
0: Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree with, and I. It's it's again it's 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 a shame that we have to have this conversation. Hmm. It's a shame that. It's even taken place, but I just don't know the way to stop it. You know, like you, you have a lot of outspoken people, and, you, and this wasn't just like scrubs on a bench. Everybody basically was like, "Hey, these are big time players. Going, come on, this is ridiculous. Like, you really are. You're offending black people by it." And the hilarious part is, is like in the South, college football is religion. Yeah. In the South, it is. Yeah. And almost every player on those team is black. Yeah. And they'll root them on all Saturday till the day they die. But they don't like black people, most of them. And I don't want to speak for all of them because I have friends in the South who are not like that. But you go to certain places you sh- and you're the wrong color skin. You are still not welcome. And that, that's for white people and black people. It's not just black people. Where I grew up, I was one of the only white people. You go there now it's you know it's not they're not going to walk in me with open arms and i again i wish that would change but you know who knows it, it's going to take a a long time for that to change it hasn't changed yet um like you said this country is founded on racism this country is founded on stuff like that and we're not the first people who started racism no so not at all not, we're not at the all. first people started slavery it's been around since the beginning of mankind yeah um Absolutely. but this, doesn't it's, make it right. It exactly. It doesn't make it right, and it, but it doesn't
1: mean that America is to blame. Sure. It was just. It was the time, and and you know what? It was the time. It was what happened. It's it's horrific. It should never have happened. However, if you look at what it has led to in terms of, um, you know, the amount of look at like as you just said in the NBA, we wouldn't have the NBA. As we know it, if it wasn't for slavery, because yeah, you know, nobody would want to watch a bunch of white guys running around the place.
0: No, no, you will know? well, no, Same with the
1: NFL. Same with you know other sports as well. And it's just it is it's an unfortunate thing. It's a disgusting thing that happened, and it's something that should be treated as as a disgusting event. It should not be celebrated. The people involved. Should not be celebrated. Um, but like the other sport in the south that's huge is, is, uh, is of course NASCAR. Um, yeah, man. you know, NASCAR, I think, in its entire history has had about four black drivers, including Bubba Wallace, who's about yeah. to become the first guy, I think, to drive in the NASCAR Cup Series. Um, NASCAR has been around for what 40, 50, 60 years, long time, Maybe yeah, more. Um, so four black drivers in that whole time. I think when, as more black athletes, black competitors become prominent in different sports in these states, be it NASCAR, be it baseball, be it even ice hockey or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think it will lead to more of a, of a, um, of an open view. However, like the, the thing is, I, I, you know, follow a lot of the Trump stuff, stuff very, very closely and, even watching the replies of certain people, like I have a list on Twitter um, I, I, it's, I save it separately so these people don't realise they're on a list, <laughs> and it, it's of Trump supporters who I would suggest are racists yeah. and even they're beginning to come around and show shame the, for the fact that Trump is president, shame for the fact that these monuments exist Shame for the history of, you know how how you, the United States was formed, and I think as long as we can continue to turn one person at a time around to see the yeah. real truth, that's that's where the fight is. It's not it's not going out and beating each other's brains in. It's that's not right. it's not riots. It's not mass protests or mass Edu- marches. It's it's Education. one at a time. Educating one
0: at a time yeah yeah and that's the way you have to do it and the, you have to show the people like people sometimes don't even realize they're being racist they're just going with the flow and that's how they were like you're i always say you're not you're not born racist no not, you learn racism nobody so, is
1: born racism nobody's born racist people become racist because of the environment that surrounds them that's right. It's not something so. that's ingrained in you. It's something that you develop because of those around you, because of those that influence you, because of those you trust. So a lot of people, like you say, don't realize that they're racist because they don't know any better. Because if they exactly grow up the in a household in, you know, backwater Arkansas, and they hear their grandfather and their father and their uncles using certain terminology to describe black people. Well. If they're kids and they start hearing that, they're just going to think that they, those are the actual words. If they hear the N-word, if they hear someone describe it as, like, LeBron James is an N-word, rather than LeBron James is a black man, in their mind, those are the same things. There's no yeah. offence, because that's what the people who influence them are saying. So, why would those... These are good people. These are my granddad and my dad and my uncles. These are people who take care of me. Sure. So, what they're saying is obviously fine. Um, you know and it is it is an unfortunate thing and there's generations that have been lost to this you know like 80 year year old Buck from you know Mississippi Mississippi or West Virginia or South Carolina he's going to be racist till the day he dies but his 3 year old grandson Buck the 4th he can be saved
0: you know sure if his mind is trained the right way and he's yeah. willing to be open about it, sure he can. It's, and I, I always tell people like the funny. Watch Dave Chappelle's skit on the white supremacist. It's one of the fucking funniest things you'll ever see. And it, he makes light of it, but it it is comical. So if you've never seen that YouTube, that shit because it's the funniest show ever invented. But it's a black It's a white supremacist who is black and doesn't know he's black because he's blind and it's the funniest goddamn thing you'll ever see in your life um but check that out and yeah i mean it these things are offensive to people uh, white people just don't understand it because you they just they want everything to be the way it always has been mm. and that's it, it just can't continue to be that way uh and like i tell people until you walk in another man or woman's shoes you don't understand what they went through or what they go through on a daily basis exactly. so um, next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, we are going to do our player, but I, I, I do want to talk about, which kind of broke by the, before we had our last conversation was the NBA draft lottery reform proposal. Mm. Um, and basically this is, the NBA is proposing an amendment to be discussed, discussed, which would lower odds of the worst teams winning the lottery to 14%, down from 25%. 19.9 and 15.6 for the three worst teams. Um, so essentially what they're trying to do, obviously, is stop teams from tanking. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, this would be huge. Now, if this gets passed, it would be starting in the 2019 draft. Um, there's other parts to it. They, the number of picks determined by the lottery will increase to four compared to three in the current system. This means that the highest lottery seed would receive no worse than the fifth pick the second no worse than the 6 and on and on and on whereas so, now now it's
1: the, the top team can get no worse than the fourth pick that's exactly right so so it, it, that that to me makes more of a difference like i i i i kind of feel like the if 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 you're going to tank and you you can do it really well the way the sixers did like that's I, a, yeah like but, i I know the thing is for them that it makes the Sixers unwatchable. You couldn't put the Sixers on TV for many years, and their supporters were complaining, and you know, as as they would in any market, no matter what team it is. Even even though Philly fans have this reputation, um, as as wanting success and demanding success and not accepting anything less than success, I think that's true of any fan base. I just think Philly gets it worse because you guys booed Santa, but
0: just. Ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. <laughs> you know. So but, ridiculous. But, but, it always brought up by the out-of-towners. Of course. It, when, it, it, you, it when, you, when you come down, you'll understand it. I'll take you to any game of your choice. Um, but I will say if you do go to a Philadelphia game and you're wearing the opposite team's jersey, you will have issues. Of course. Um, just know. So. Sure, and that's not just here, people. That that I'm sure that I've only been to, I think, two... Soccer slash football matches in England in my life. One's been at Anfield, another one's been another place. Um, it's the same thing there. You just, you gotta act smart. That's all. So, like, I, I, I think, I like
1: the, the, the way that the lottery's done. I, I, I think it's cool. I think if you are the worst team, you deserve to have the, the top pick or a better chance at the top pick. However, to, given if you look at the history of the top pick over the last 32 years or however long we've been going, um, it's not always a guarantee. <laughs> and teams have fallen to three and four. And I think if, if the deterrent was there that they could cut fall to five, because a lot of these drafts we see it, Joe, there's only four, like this, this past draft, there was four, I don't even know if there was four, was there three studs? Yeah. And, and yeah, Jason I mean, Tatum, who could be, but might not be. Um, so, you know, you do miss getting one of these potentially franchise altering picks. So, I, I do like the idea of potentially, teams potentially dropping to fifth. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think, I think if a team is the worst, and like some teams are just the worst through no fault of their own, mm-hmm. you know, shit happens, players get injured, players leave in free agency you're not a, a market that attracts players like in Orlando or you know in an Oklahoma in future years you know, you're not going to attract these top players as free agents yeah um <clears throat> so I, I do think those things factor into it and that's not the fault of Minnesota a prime example that's not the fault of the franchise the franchise aren't purposely setting out to not be an attraction to players um it's because of circumstance. And people, you know, if you're, if you're a, free, a player in the NBA who's, you know, had a great eight years with the team that drafted you and you've been living in New York or Boston or Philly or Miami or LA or Dallas maybe, um, or Portland, you, you know, you don't want to go and play in Utah. No. Or, or Minnesota or. That- or Sacramento or Detroit. Nobody no. wants to go to those places. No. So Fuck no. Do you know that's not the fault of the franchise, that's just where they ended up. Sure. Um so I I think punishing teams for being bad is is a little unfair. However like however, there are circumstances and occasion and more so in recent years, where we do see teams tank on purpose.
0: Yeah, I mean the with Wolves the Sixers
1: have do- done it and the Sixers have done it.
0: Yeah, the six with the Sixers did was—I mean, it was embarrassing for the league. Mm-hmm. But again, y- there's no other way. Like you, you just kind of laid it out there. It's so hard to become good in the NBA. You just take your chances. You, it, it, it's if you could sell that, and it's not even selling that. If you could do that to a Philadelphia fan base, mm-hmm. you'll lose you. You'll lose everybody. Yeah. But see, here's the funny thing about fans is, as soon as your team's good, they'll come fickle, right back. Fickle. Yep, But like does it.
1: The example I would use as the best example is Orlando. They were terrible. Then they got Shaq. Yeah, oh yeah. Then they fluked the lottery and they ended up, they got Chris Webber who they traded for Penny. Mm -hmm. Then Shaq left. Then Penny got hurt. Then they were terrible. Then they couldn't attract anybody. Then they got Dwight Howard in the draft because they sucked. Then they were good again. Then he mm-hmm. left. Now they suck again. And, and they've sucked for years. They have, but they haven't purposely sucked. I mean, it's not like they're setting out to suck every year. They oh, have no. tried to get better. They've tried to go out and spend money in free agency. They have tried to bring in different coaches and do different things. Um, they've drafted players they believe could make them better. However, they've always been drafting in the, the 5 to 10 range. Other than Aaron Gordon, I think he was a fourth pick. But he yeah. was a very raw prospect coming out of uh, Arizona, as you see, Aaron Gordon now. Now he's about the age he should have been coming out of college if he'd stayed three, four years, which he should have done because players like him should stay and develop their game, learn fundamentals, and add to the natural freakish athleticism. Yeah. So they haven't done it on purpose. They they couldn't have said that. Look, when Hizonia and Porzingis were both in the same draft, everybody said. Hisonia is the European prospect to get, and they got him. And he has sucked. It's been horrible. Whereas Porzingis has been a stud. Now obviously Porzingis was gone when they picked, but at the same time, people thought they'd won in that draft. They they people thought they'd got a great pick. The same when they went and they got Alfred Payton. Um <clears throat> they got the number two pick in the worst draft of the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. And they like they got Oladipo's a good player, but he's never gonna be the best guy in a good team, or even the second best guy in a good team.
0: Agree. Yeah, it's just not. So they've and just he was had bad,
1: bad luck, and it's not their fault. They suck for some reason. Players don't want to go to Orlando. I don't know why. I don't know Orlando. I don't know if it's a nice place. I know Disneyland is there. Yeah, Disney so me, World's there, but it's not. So for not me, far. I I would go there because I enjoy Disney.
0: <laughs> but you know, not everyone's like that. Um, well. I- You'd rather go to Miami too well, if you're a thing. player because that's, that's the two the thing. teams, and you're going to Miami before most people yeah. are going to Miami.
1: If the Heat sports. had never been founded, Orlando would probably have four or five championships.
0: It's very possible because everyone yes. would have
1: wanted to go there because it's Florida.
0: Because
1: yeah, it's yep. it's probably a lovely city. It's you know a safe city. It's a family friendly city. Um, you've got all the universal stuff and that that's there as well. So if you have <coughs> like Shaq, if you have um, ambitions outside of basketball, those can be catered for locally. You don't always have to go to LA for all that kind of stuff. That is also in Orlando. Um, but for some reason, a large part of it is Miami. People don't want to go there. So, you know, they they have sucked every time unless
0: they've got a number one draft pick who's a big freakish athlete. And that's it. Yeah, and that, that's what you need to turn around a franchise and those kind of players come around once in a blue moon. I mean, that's just the way it is. So, um, all right. The last thing I wanted to talk about is that after every one of these pods, we've t- talked about a, a legend, and tonight we're going to talk about one, Scotty Pippen. Um, the number fifth pick in the 1987 draft was actually selected by the Seattle Supersonics, but I believe he was then traded to the Chicago Bulls. Well done. Um, well done. Yeah. Great, great job, Seattle. Um, won all the rings with Michael Jordan, overshadowed by Michael Jordan. Um, but a great player in his own right. He, he is a six time NBA champion, seven time NBA All Star. Uh, won the MVP, All Star game MVP in 94. Uh, I was def, I think he was All NBA first team three times. He made the All NBA defensive team eight times. Um, he is the NBA Steelers leader in 95. Uh, He was on the 50th anniversary team, although there's probably people who have passed him by now. And he went to Central Arkansas, which is not a um, college basketball powerhouse by any means. and never will be. Um, But, Dave, talk to me about Scottie Pippen. One of the greatest
1: defenders we've ever seen. Arguably the greatest perimeter defender we've ever seen. I think Kawhi Leonard's the only one that maybe can make an argument, but he hasn't achieved what Scottie achieved. Um, I think in terms of, you know, being Robin to a Batman, probably the best ever. Um, people will say Shaq and Kobe, but that was like Batman and Superman. Yeah, it's different. To their detriment, because if one of them had accepted the secondary role, they would have gone on. If Shaq had accepted the secondary role after the third title, when his numbers had started to decline a little bit and he was, you know, getting close to 30, Uh, they could have gone on and like we said earlier won six or seven but neither of them were willing and it it split up but you couldn't find a better complement to Michael um, than Scotty I mean Michael in his own right is one of the greatest defenders ever but because of the requirement to have him carry the offence they needed someone who would guard the opposition's best wing be it you know Drexler or whoever they were playing on that night Reggie Miller or whatever you don't want Michael having to chase those guys around the court and no. tire himself out Scotty was willing to do that Um <coughs> Scotty could guard anybody from 1 through 4 you look at the, the finals when they beat the Lakers and Scotty guarded Magic and took him out of the game Um, guarded him full court nobody had done that to Magic in that way before uh, some of that is because Magic was on the decline but a lot of it is down to how great Scotty was -hmm. Um, but I mean, when, when Jordan retired, sure, he, he, he wasn't able to lead the Bulls to a championship, but he, he showed he could lead, lead them to being, you know, a top four seeds in the East. He showed he could lead them to being a good team, if not a great team. Yeah. Um, which, which is, you know, that's, that in itself is, is very, very impressive. Um, given they didn't have, like, there was no Rodman at that time. Um, Ron Harper, I think, had arrived. So Ron Harper was probably the second best player on that team. Um, and that was after his knee injuries, obviously. Yeah. It was a really just sapped
0: his game.
1: Yeah. So he didn't have the, the level of help that he, he required. But Scotty was a fantastic player. <coughs> I, there's big question marks over Scotty's attitude and his personality over the years. The yeah. migraine game, the nonsense that went on when he went to Houston, um, some of his behavior in Portland. But again, he was part of that fantastic Portland team. Um, but uh, you know, a, a consistent player a, a, and a very rounded player. This mm-hmm. is a guy with career averages of 16.1 points, uh, 6.4. It doesn't do him any justice. It doesn't, because if you take out the last, Five years of his, guess the last six years of his career. Those numbers would be much higher. Yep. he'd be closer to twenty. Um, but I mean, this is a guy who, for many years, was averaging, you know, seven and a half rebounds and six and a half assists, um, or even five and a half assists. You know, yeah. So he was he was a very rounded player. Obviously, you mentioned led the league in steals. Um, average 2.9 steals in, in two successive seasons. Average two steals a game for his career. Um, could block shots, you know, against guys, against other wing players and, and smaller guys. But a, a phenomenal defensive player. Like, truly, truly a phenomenal defensive player. And if he played now, I think he would have developed the three point shot. Um, he, he showed in the middle part of his career that he could shoot the three. He, he made thirty seven and then thirty. He made thirty seven percent of his three point shots two years in a row in ninety five, ninety six, and ninety six, ninety seven. So he, showed, he should he should could shoot the three, mm-hmm. and I think if if he played in an era where it was more prevalent, I think he would have really mastered that art, and he would have been a forty percent three point shooter. And if you add that defense, his ability to pass the ball, his unselfishness, his rebounding, and then you put in a forty percent three point. Uh, clip. All of a sudden, that's a special player. Now he was a special player in his era, no question. But I'm, I'm talking about now. Scotty would have been
0: a top fifteen player in the league right now. In my yeah, opinion. no, I, no, I totally agree with that. And remember the the year that Jordan missed there, he he averaged what was it twenty two, twenty two points a game, almost okay. nine rebounds, almost six assists, almost three steals, steals. and block a game.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's, well, I shooting. think Scotty Pippen, the, the comparison that's always made is, is Kawhi because of the defense, but yeah. I think Scotty Pippen was the Paul George of his era.
0: Has that more, has more of that body frame than yeah, Kawhi. Yeah, and
1: a little Kawhi. bit more refined. Yeah. You know, Kawhi is a bit rough around the edges as well. Um, a right. bit more brute force, whereas Scotty was very fluid. I mean, Scotty was what, 6'7, 6'8, and about 225. Yep. Kawhi, I think it's probably about two forty now. He's, I, I, he's
0: all muscle. He's yeah, all he's muscle. just pure
1: muscle. He's just, he is literally just a, a tank. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I, I think Paul George is probably the Scotty of today. And I think if you put Paul George with uh, an elite scoring uh, wing partner like you know LeBron, obviously, or KD, KD would be the dream one. Um, I think I think we'd see KD's game or uh, Paul Paul George's game explode. In the same way it has oftentimes for Team USA where he's just the guy who stops people from scoring and he's he's a facilitator when you yep. play him next to uh, James Harden. Now, he's the guy. He's the guy that Houston should have gone and got, not That's Chris right. Paul. They should have
0: gone and That's got Paul George. Yep. Then they'd be in competition for a ring. Yeah, I think so too. I, I totally agree with that. And um Just a little trivia. We talked about the trade from Seattle to the Bulls. Now they traded him for future draft pick options and a player. Do you know who that player was? Actually do. It's Olden Polynese. That's right, the it was
1: to- Olden Polynese. Total um, stiff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's hilarious.
0: Um like that, you a- know, a
1: guy who carved in a long career for himself in the NBA.
0: He did. Um, in, just not a very
1: distinguished career, you know. He was a he was a solid backup center, but the bottom line is you traded one of the greatest small forwards ever for a, a backup center.
0: And said <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Scotty was on the original Dream Team, the ninety two yeah. one. Um I don't know if we said that. You talked about his he was on the three P team, he's on that Rockets team, the Blazers team. And, you know, that was later in his career, but Anything else on Scotty you want to say before we retire for the night? Um, he,
1: Scotty is, of course, the reason for um, the mass hatred of Jerry Krause in, in Chicago, despite the incredible things Jerry Krause did, because Scotty wanted money and agreed mm. to a long-term contract that at the time was very lucrative. Yes. Three years later, it was dwarfed by many other contracts including the contract of one Tony Kukoc, who yes. was coming from Europe, and Scotty got sulky, as Scotty had a tendency to do, and it, it it threatened the Bulls. It it that that if if it hadn't been for Jordan, basically putting Scotty in, in the corner and telling him, Look, this is what I need from you, um, you'll make it up on the back end. And he did, like he got Scotty got a huge contract, as far as I can remember, from um oh, from Houston. I think it was like sixty odd million
0: over four, yeah, four or five years, five years, sixty seven, um, seven point two million. Yeah, so
1: that that's a huge contract. That was just actually looking here; it was eleven million a year in his first year, which was four times more than he yeah. made the previous season for the for the Bulls, who who were the NBA champions. So you know. It, and that's a ninety eight ninety nine. You know? Yeah. Like Scotty was never good at money though. Scotty was very good at getting money quickly and then yeah. tying himself into things. And I think Scotty ended up did he declare bankruptcy later later on? I think he had Believe financial he did wrong, later on. So,
0: he did, uh, yeah. You know.
1: Um unfortunate. But I mean he'll always be remember, remembered remembered as, as Robin to Jordan's Batman. And mm-hmm. credit to him, I think he has accepted and embraced that role. Um not only as a player, but since I think he's very happy to be because it'll always be people will always say Jordan and Pippen. It'll always, always be Jordan and Pippen. That's the combination: Jordan and Pippen. What was yeah. great about the Bulls? What was the consistent Jackson, Jordan, and Pippen? Even when Rodman came along, it was Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman. He was always in in the mansion, and I think that's that's really all you can hope for from an NBA career. If you especially if you go to Central Arkansas. And no one knows who you are coming into the draft other than Jerry Krause, yeah. obviously.
0: That's, that's exactly right. Like it's just, it, yeah, you know, he made a guy from central Arkansas. I mean, the kind of career he made, he made was just incredible. You know, I mean, it's again, he had his, he had his warts as a player. Um, the Tony Ku coach thing, which you said he has his warts as a person, but we all do. So hmm. on, on that note, is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug before we go? Um, I'll be doing the On The Box podcast this weekend with Gags, talking about Ozark.
1: Um, oh, yes. Nice. Phenomenal show. We finished it last night, and I will have another podcast at some point next week. I'm going to record this weekend. Not sure who I'll have on yet, but I'll find someone who can listen to Okay.
0: Me. Excellent. And myself, it's just I'm just doing this podcast because it's hard to do podcasts with a four-year-old and a one-year-old, so... Um, On that note, I say what I say at every one of these, at the end of every one of these, whatever you do, anything in life, trust the process.
4: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be.